Patch, really? Is this your patch? This is my patch. Yeah, this is my home turf, or whatever the expression is. (laughs) Yeah, British Hospital for Mothers and Babies, which apparently is gone, but it should really have a a plaque outside. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) just because I'm starting to believe who I am, that's what I'm saying. I'm not proud. I'm just, I'm just like, hey, come on. (laughs) What's your name? Daryl. Daryl. What? What year were you born? I'm I'm not. Yeah. You're in the little pot next to me. That's it. And you were praying in tongues already. Uh, I know, I remember that. I thought, what's that sound? So, um, yeah, grew up um, Charlton, Blackheath, that kind of way. And um, met Mervyn here, like, I don't know how many years ago. Let's not say how many years ago. Hey. 85. 85 years ago. 85 wow. years ago. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, uh, we had some fun, didn't we? I met Mervyn through... Um, so I have just a little bit of the backstory. I became Christian around about the age of 20, 21, and uh, I was a musician in um, a punk band before I got saved, and uh, kind of stayed in that whole scene, and uh, in a band called Stupid, and uh, I mean, why not? Um, which was actually my idea, that name, but anyway, let's not go there. Um, and then uh, we had a few, you know, relational kind of challenges and issues and stuff, let's just say that, and we kind of broke up and reformed a few times, but Mervyn came to the rescue on keyboards. Do you remember that? And uh, I'll tell you what, I don't think you'll mind me saying this, but um, he was in the band because he just looked so cool. He wasn't like... He wasn't, you know, necessarily the best musician, but... <laughs> Let's just say that, but yeah. Did we stick dots on that keyboard? I can't remember. But, yeah, yeah. but, um, but he looks so cool. He's like, he's got to be here. So we've got to have him in. So, yeah. So, anyway, there might be some pictures somewhere, but I don't, I don't have any, I don't think, anymore. But anyway, um, he still look cool, mate. So, uh, anyway, so yeah, that's a little bit about, um, yeah, I grew up sort of around Charlton Blackheath area. And anyone from Charlton Blackheath area? Yeah. And, um... And so, uh, yeah, so not, not long after I became a Christian, um, I was invited to what was actually known as um, the Thursday group, I think, or the Thursday, the, yeah, the Thursday group, not a very creative name, was it? But basically what it was, was that there had been a move of God um, in the boys' brigade. Um, it started on a boys' brigade camp, I believe, where several boys' brigade, brigades, or whatever you call them, different, what would you call them? Well, boys, yeah, different groups, you know, they all came together, went on this camp, and God started to move, and there was quite a move of God amongst these guys, and, and all the leaders, and, and then that sort of spread to, you know, sisters and families and friends and all this sort of thing, and I got invited to this Thursday group, um, which was held in a house on Charlton Road, um, and we used to just gather on a Thursday night and worship, and the Holy Spirit would just come in such power. It was amazing. I'd never seen anything like it. I grew up in an Anglican church. My parents are Christians, devout uh, Church of England. Used to go to St. John's Blackheath and we'd sort of, you know, do the thing where as you walk through the door, everything goes very quiet and you sort of whisper your way up to the where you're going to sit and you sort of, you do all the stand up, sit down, kneel down, pray, do all the stuff that's in the book and all the stuff. And then, so that was kind of my background. That's what I knew. And then on this Thursday night, I walked into this house in Charlton and the worship, as soon as the worship started, which was just, 
a guy who was like a, a teacher from a local school playing a little Casio keyboard on his lap and they just sitting there with it on his lap and um, just start playing some really simple songs and just the place just, you know, it was rammed, wasn't it? He used to sit on the floor. People, it was like 50 or so people in someone's front room all sitting on the floor shoulder to shoulder. You could hardly move. And Holy Spirit was just moving on us and we were just meeting with him. And there was people sitting all up the stairs and trying to, trying to peer through the door. It was quite an exciting time. And I think, to be honest, I caught something in that season. I just caught an expectation of his presence. An expectation of, of glory coming down, of, of heaven coming down, of the kingdom, the kingdom being manifest among us. And we had some healing stories, didn't we? And a few, you know, some amazing answers to prayer and lots of people getting saved. And it was a very, very exciting time to be alive and, and to be part of that thing. And, um, and you know, when, when, <clears throat> when the kingdom comes, like, when you, when you experience that kind of stuff, it changes you, like, forever, basically. You can't go back. You can't go back to doing religion. You can't go back to, you can't go back to stand up, sit down, and sing this one, you know, pray this thing. And you, you're just like the living God. Has, has touched my heart and he's alive and he's drawn me into this relationship and this romance and this incredible yeah. journey with him which we're, we're still on aren't we and we're still chasing you know trying to run as fast as we can after him and he's got so much for you he's got so much for you um, you know it's hard to keep up isn't it and you're trying to you know figure stuff out sometimes and then you think forget it you can't figure this out it's just too big it's just too enormous um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about my background. I think um, in the mid-90s I ended up having the privilege of being asked to go to Toronto and lead worship there. So I spent about uh, 17 years travelling around leading worship, writing songs and leading worship all over the world, and, and uh, ended up at Toronto. I don't know if, how many of you were Christians back in the 90s, and this move of God started out in Toronto, um, actually in one or two other places as well, but it, it came over here. And um, got caught up in that. Once I'd, I'd been out there, I just got, I mean, I met with God so powerfully out there. Um, I wasn't expecting it. I thought, you know, I've got a good, strong, solid, loving Christian family background. I don't have loads of problems. I, you know, I'm, I'm a good Christian guy and I'm leading worship here and everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't expecting like any kind of big ministry or anything like that. But then I got in that context, in that environment, if you like. I got in that. I got in that place where God's Spirit was just being poured out and I'd only been there a couple of days before actually Holy Spirit just, <laughs> he just got me, he had a divine appointment for me, yeah. if you like, he was just waiting uh, just for me to just warm up and just be comfortable in that, in that place I guess and then just, wow, and then I, I spent a whole day like being carried around I just couldn't move, I, I, went, I just was completely drunk in the Spirit um, I didn't know really what was kind of going on, what was the implications of this, um, but he was just doing such a deep work in my spirit, um, and even though I had a good, good father, a very generous, very loving, very caring father, um, he just came and revealed the father, mm. like the father, yeah. who is so just incredible, um, so amazing, but the things, you know, when this sort of thing happens, I don't know how many of you have experienced this kind of thing. You can't articulate what just happened. You know, the next day I was invited on stage to, to share what just happened the day before, and I couldn't really articulate it. I didn't really know what had happened. But it's just been over the years that you gradually start to 
unpack, Holy Spirit starts to show you, he's done a transforming work in your heart and you're a different person and you, you don't realise what he's done until you start to... You, sometimes you almost have to go back to contexts where before that happened you think, I've, I've changed, I'm not the same guy, I don't fit here anymore, I don't relate, I, that's not how I think anymore. And your thinking changes, everything changes. So we're on this very exciting journey, um, just excited to be following God and seeking first the kingdom, amen? That's yeah. what Jesus said to me, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Don't worry about all the rest of the stuff, literally, just don't worry about the other stuff. He'll take care of that. Seek first the kingdom, just keep running after God. So that's, that's the journey we're on. And um, Sarah and I, we've been married 30 years, last October. And, uh, hey, thank you. And, um, we got three children, one's married, and we now have a grandchild, so that's, that's a lot of fun. Little Harvey's about five, five and a half months, and um, he's a sweet, sweet little guy. And uh, our middle daughter is about to get married in two weeks' time. Um, so she's, you know, we're ramping up to the wedding and uh, getting everything ready for that. And then our third son is, he's a musician. He's a, oh, he's a different type of musician to me. I can't do what he does, and he doesn't do what I do. And that's cool. But uh, he's one of these guys who, um, he, does a, he does stuff with computers, shall we say. He does, he, he, he creates, I'll start to sound old talking like that. I'm a granddad now, I'm allowed to sound old, right? Uh, but he does kind of this electronic dance music stuff, and he's got some stuff on Spotify, he's put some singles out with a, a singer-songwriter from America, and he's off to America a second time shortly, uh, in a few weeks' time, he's off there. So, uh, yeah, we're in, starting to enter into a whole new season of life, where our kids are growing up and doing their thing, and... They all love God and they're all following God and they're doing, walking after Him, which is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Again, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. That would be our testimony. You know, people say to us, you've done an amazing, such an amazing job with, that, with your kids. And I think, have we? But then I look at them and I think, yeah, wow, they're doing pretty well. But, you know, so much of that has been just God's grace and just yeah, God's kindness and God's goodness. Not that we, it's not that we haven't done stuff. We don't have done stuff, but... You know, you're always sort of aware of what you haven't done, I suppose, aren't you, sometimes, mm. more than what you have done. But anyway, they're doing great. That's a little bit about us. Um, and as Jamie said, we're, we're now leading this, uh, this work in Shoreham. Shoreham, Shoreham by Sea. Not Shoreham on Sea. Just in case you ever get on a train and ask for Shoreham on Sea. Is there, I don't know if there is one. <laughs> Shoreham by Sea, West Sussex. Um, it's a small group for us at the moment, about 25 plus kids, meeting house to house, just like the early church, we don't have a building, um, and we're just doing family, and following Holy Spirit, and uh, we're quite a creative bunch, as Jamie said, we've got dancers and artists and musicians, and songwriters and worship leaders, and quite a creative collective of people really, so we, uh, once a month we run a, a worship event called More. Um, down in Shoreham, which is open to anyone to come who's hungry, and we get a lot of hungry, hungry Christians who just want to meet with God and meet yeah. with the Holy Spirit. And um, so that's a little bit about us and what we're going after. Um, this morning, I felt like just sharing with you a little bit about being a supernatural people. That, I don't know if that excites you. Yeah. Being a supernatural people. I don't know how many of you feel. Supernatural this morning. Like when you wake up in the morning, do you feel like I'm a supernatural being? <laughs> Anybody like like me? You're thinking that just like you kind of feel like you go in and out of it a little bit. So sort of, 
get your head in the Bible or you're in the middle of a worship time, you think, wow. And then, but sometimes, like, even you wake up in the morning, you don't feel particularly supernatural, right? And I don't know what you think when I say you're a supernatural person, you're a supernatural being, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm not healing the sick, I'm not raising the dead, I'm not casting out demons every day, I'm not doing that stuff. Um, but I want to challenge your worldview on that. Um, and we'll talk about healing the sick and raising the dead and stuff in a minute. But you are a supernatural being. I don't know if you realise that. Um, I know that most of you, if not all of you, are Christians in this room. I'm sure of that. And um, if you're a Christian, the Bible says you're born again. Amen. You're born again and you're a new creation. So that's one, I'm just going to lay a few layers down here. That's pretty supernatural. You know, when Nicodemus came to Jesus and, and said, you know, he, he said, you must, be a, you must be from God, no one can do the miracles you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Jesus just cuts to the chase straight away. He says, uh, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. And he's like, how can, how can a man be born again? Does he have to crawl back in his mother's womb? How can that happen? You know, it's a supernatural thing, isn't it? The Holy Spirit has come upon you and caused your, caused your spirit to be born again. You're a new creation, it says in Scripture. You're a brand new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And you have a new identity. You're a child of God. And the Spirit, Holy Spirit, testifies with your spirit that you're a child of God. And, and you cry, Abba, Father. Abba, it's an intimate word. It's like Papa. Abba. You're calling God Abba, Father, Papa. So... That's pretty supernatural, isn't it? Yeah. That's not like everybody's experience. Hey? If you go knocking on your neighbour's door, that's not everybody's experience. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, you've been crucified with Christ. If you're a believer, you've been crucified with Christ. Well, that's supernatural, isn't it? That was 2,000 years ago. I thought, how does that work? How does that work? But the Bible talks about you are now in Christ. And you were crucified with him. Not, not only were you crucified with him, you were buried with him. Through baptism, yeah, and raised with him to newness of life. That's what the Bible teaches. If you're not sure, check out Romans 6, um, Colossians 2.12. And having been buried with him in baptism, you were raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And Ephesians 2.6, you are seated with him in heavenly places. Well, how does that work? How does that work? You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's pretty supernatural, isn't it? Yeah. That's like that's that's the truth. This is the scripture. This is how many people believe the word of God is true? Yes. Right? Ephesians two six, you've been raised with him, seated with him in heavenly places. That's pretty supernatural. Um, Philippians three, ten to eleven talks about knowing the power of his resurrection, and Philippians three twenty talks about our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Hey, but I thought we were in Plumstead, as the 18. But no, your citizenship is in heaven. You're ambassadors for Christ. You might have your feet on the earth, but actually you're seated with him in heavenly places. That's pretty supernatural, isn't it? I'm just telling you who you are. I'm not telling you something that's going to happen. I'm telling you something that's already happened to you. But you don't, we don't know it, do we? We don't always know it. We don't always like consider that. We don't always count that to be true. Do you know what I mean? Something is amusing these guys down the front here. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, realise who you are. Recognise who you are. This is what he says about you. He says in Colossians 3, 
Therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, this is Colossians 3, verses 1 to 3. If you make your notes, go check it out for yourself. Therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, or another translation, set your affections on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's true now. You've died with Christ, through the cross, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You're raised with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, I, I, you know, we've, we've all heard these scriptures before, I imagine. I've heard them for years. I've been a Christian 30 years. I've heard a lot of these scriptures before. And I think for a long, long time, I was, let me, let me use this phrase, I was thinking from earth to heaven. So when it said, when it says set your minds on the things above, I'm trying hard from earth to set my mind on the things above, right? And I've been trying to do that for years, but I, I haven't heard it yet. I haven't, I haven't understood this yet, have I? I clearly haven't understood it because, because it says, I have been seated with him in heavenly places. Yeah. I'm raised with Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. So when it says set your mind on things above or fix your eyes on things above or whatever translation you're looking at there's another verse as well talks about fixing your eyes on things above do you know what it's really, it's really saying is take a look around you because yes. you're seated with him in heavenly places we're, we've got to stop doing this thing of living from earth to heaven and thinking oh it's all about me lifting my gaze I think we've probably had songs that have said that and hymns that have said that about lift your gaze to heaven, and I know this in a, in a sense that's right, we do make that decision, don't we? we? have to take our eyes off of earthly things, lift our gaze. But actually, if you're seated with Him in heavenly places, then really saying, Take a look around you. You're seated at the right hand of the Father, you're in Christ, you're raised with Him. You, O Lord, Ephesians 2, you, O Lord, rich in mercy, because of your great love, even when we were dead in our sins. You made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together with him and seated us in him, with him in heavenly places. And he's at the right hand of the Father, right? So in that sense, we're in Christ, we're seated in heavenly places. That's our position. That's our position, okay? You, I know some of this stuff does, you, does funny things to your head, but that's actually where, we're, where we are, Okay? Um, and so, and yet we're in this world. But Jesus says, you're, "Yes, you're in this world, but you're not of it. We're in this world, but we're not of it." So, um, we're supernatural people. And uh, <clears throat> I just want to share a couple of experiences recently. I've I've had along those lines, just that might help you kind of get your head around some of this stuff. But um, as I've said, I lead worship. I've been leading worship for a long time. Um, and I currently, Sarah and I both, we're on this, this team that leads a, a prophetic academy where we, where we teach on prophetic ministry once a month uh, up in Horsham. <coughs> and uh, we're part of the team for that, and I lead worship at that every month. And I just want to tell you about last month. Um, I, you know, this isn't, this isn't untypical of me, but I woke up on that Saturday morning thinking, 
I might have spent some time preparing for it yesterday, but my brain is all scrambled. I don't know what songs I'm going to do. I don't know what we're. I, I find quite often that's what happens. I think. I think for years because I've built everything around the songs. You worship team guys, maybe you can relate to this. You think, what songs are we going to do tomorrow? And yet, at the same time, there's a part of me that's so frustrated with the limitations of that and the constraints of that, and and just like, oh, I'm tired of thinking in terms of songs. I just want to break through in the spirit and just touch Father's heart. And so my head's going through the usual rigmarole of, <laughs> and quite often Sarah ends up driving up to Horsham. She says, oh, you, you need some more time. And I'm just sitting there in the passenger seat, sort of looking at some more songs and praying in tongues and da da da. And uh, anyway, we get there. Uh, we get there late. I can't remember why we get there late, but um, there's always technical issues because we borrow a venue for it. So we have to set everything up. And so things are kind of getting a bit stressy. The AV people are saying, what song is he going to do? And I don't know. And, um, <laughs> and this is usual. I sort of give them a list of about 25 songs and, and just, you know, I'll just say, I don't really have a list, but it'll be something out of this lot, you know, and just fly by the seat of your pants. And, and it's all getting a little bit stressy. There's some technical issues. And um, I could hear... Um, so if you imagine this is the room where we do Prophetic Academy, there's like a balcony at the back where the PA is run from, and behind the balcony is a door out into that corridor, and I can hear the prayer meeting going on up there, which I want to be in, but I'm not, I'm not in yet because I'm still trying to sort out these technical issues and stuff, and I'm getting more stressed, and I can hear all this laughter coming out there, and long story short, um, there's about five minutes left till the, the Academy starts. And I just think, I just need to get in that room up there. I need to get prayed for. I need to just get in, in, in prayer and just, you know, just leave all this technical stuff. So I literally ran. I ran. There's quite a long corridor. ran up the stairs and then all the way back to this room. And um, as soon as I walked in that room, I mean, I didn't have to ask for prayer or anything. There's about four people just came straight over, laid hands on me uh, and started praying. And literally as soon as they laid hands on me, I was in heavenly places. I, I mean, it felt physical. I know it wasn't, because I could still feel my body. I could still feel my feet on the ground, and I could still hear a bit of murmuring going on around the room in the background. But, but my absolute focus, my absolute... Like, my experience was I was in heavenly places. That's all I can tell you. Um, it was glorious. It was like the most amazing deep blue summer's sky... Uh, I could feel, it was like I could feel a heat on my face, like I could feel the glory on my face. And, and I was soaring like an eagle. I don't understand that either, so I don't, I don't have a theology for this, but I was soaring like an eagle. And I would, just everything, just everything went, like, like all the stress, all I knew was peace, absolute total peace, almost like I could physically feel peace right through my whole being. Uh, and I felt, I just felt so loved. I literally, it was overwhelming that I just felt so loved right through my whole being. This whole experience was incredible. And, and I was totally unaware of all the stuff, all the technical stuff and the songs and all this stuff. I was just like, wow, 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 this is amazing. And, um, and so, like, like I said, it was only a few minutes left before uh, the meeting started and I could hear one or two people drifting out of the room and, um, and one or two saying, it's time to go down. And I just said to Holy Spirit, I'm not going down. I'm not going down. I want to stay here. I'm not going downstairs. I want to stay here. And, um, and I heard him say, you don't have to go down. You don't have to go down. He wasn't talking about the stairs, by the way. 
He wasn't talking about going downstairs to the, the other room. He was just saying, you don't need to go down. You can, you, this is your home. This is where you live. This is, this is your home. And um, I, I, I realised what he's saying to me, and I thought, okay, wow. What he's saying is you can, you can carry this with you. You take this with you. You can live out of this place. That is, that is where we're supposed to live out um, and, and not, you know, all this stuff. And so I'm like, wow, 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 wow. I start to realize what he's, what he's saying. And I thought, well, how do, how do you do that? Um, and, you know, I haven't got a lot of time to look like everyone's going downstairs. I haven't got time to learn this one now. How do you do this thing? And, and I kind of let everybody go out of the room. And I thought, well, they can't start without me. So I'm just going to spend a minute or two. Um, just asking Holy Spirit, help me, help me. I want to do this. I don't, you know, I, I want to take this with me. And and it took me a few minutes to sort of kind of get this this kind of thing of of living in the two realms, if you like, of like my feet are on the ground and I need to be downstairs, um, but I'm in this amazing place and I'm having this incredible experience. And it was almost like I had to keep checking myself for a few minutes, like or a few. So it wasn't minutes, but it, you know, quickly I had to just try and get this thing of like, okay, I can take this with me and so anyway long story short I did I took, uh, went downstairs and I was still in that place um, and very very aware in my spirit of his presence of his power, of his love, of his glory of his, of his peace and uh, I had no idea what songs I was going to sing or any of the practical stuff that everybody wants to know the answers to but I just got up and led worship from that place and just found the whole thing to be a completely different experience um, and we did have a pretty amazing worship time as a result, although I was saying myself, but it was Holy Spirit. It was so, so good. Mm. Such a good time. So um, I'm just sharing, I'm just trying to get hold of this stuff. Like, I'm, we're on a journey. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have years and years of experience with this thing. I'm just telling, we, we kind of live a bit on the edge. We're often, we often living in that place where we're just figuring out the next thing. So you're, you know, you guys are just hearing. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I absolutely know that I'm absolutely certain of and I can stand here this morning and share some of that stuff. But I felt to share this this morning, you're a supernatural people and that actually your home is in heavenly places and that you can live from that place. Um, I had another experience, which I probably won't have time to go into right now, where I, in worship at another conference, I felt lifted up. As soon as, as the worship started in a conference and I put my hands up, this is just... Oh, when was that? October last year, Isabel Allen conference, um, and uh, lifted my hands to worship, and I literally just felt like, oh, I'm going up, I'm going up, I'm going up, I'm going up. Oh my word, I'm going up. Um, and I knew the Holy Spirit wanted to show me my seat. This is the weird thing. I've gone there now, and I said I wasn't sharing it. Oh boy, um, just conscious of time. Um, <clears throat> So anyway, I had, that was an incredible experience as well. Um, by the way, your seat is not like a little leather chair with you know gold arms and red buttons on the back. It's not. <laughs> I found that out uh, in this moment as I was thinking, oh, I'm going up, I'm going up, and heard Holy Spirit say, I want to show you your seat. It, it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, is it going to be green or red or purple or what's royal colours and all this and gold? And it wasn't a literal seat. It was like actually showed me areas were, that he had given me um, authority and anointing to ministry. Uh, yeah. All these different areas where it's like, this, I've given you this authority, I've given you this. Mm. And he was showing me all those and it was like, wow, 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 that's my seat. That's, it's a bit like a seat in government, isn't it? If you're minister responsible for whatever that thing is, it's a bit like that. Anyway, I wasn't sure. But, um, so I think, 
just want to, I think I just want to say, hey, um, the challenge for us is living in it, isn't it? So, like, I had that amazing experience that day at uh, Prophetic Academy, um, and, and that was an amazing day, and then you go to bed, and you sleep, and you wake up the next morning, and you're like, where is it? Like, where's that, where is that thing I was in? You know, where's the, uh, you know, it just can feel, it can take you a little while just to learn how to live from that place, and I think what we're, the phrase we've picked up probably from Bill Johnson or someone, I'm not sure, but um, that phrase of living from heaven to earth. Mm-hmm not living from earth to heaven. And we're trying to figure out what does that mean, what does that look like. But that is actually our place, isn't it? Seated with him yeah, in heavenly places. So and it's being more and more conscious of, as Joe said so brilliantly, I thought you were going to preach my message when you stopped doing <laughs> the declaration, that, that whole thing of living from heaven, mm-hmm. uh, being aware of the resources. You've got access to all the resources of heaven. He never runs dry. He's always got enough. There's always enough. He'll provide all your needs in accordance with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. It's living from that place of being more conscious of that, more aware of that, than you are of, you know, the bills that are dropping on the mat every morning or or whatever. He's, you know, he's able, isn't he, to keep us and to meet our needs. And so... Yeah, just a couple other stories. I noticed, I love that in your declaration you have this thing about angels and angelic visitations and, um, and I think that's another thing that starts to, you know, when you start to look into this stuff and trying to live like, like he's, he says we are, supernatural beings, you yeah. start to realise, hang on, heaven, this whole thing. Like we, the other thing, we, we're obviously praying a lot, your kingdom come, because that's what, that's what he taught us to pray, right? Your kingdom come on earth as in heaven, and when you start really getting hold of that and really praying that, what does that look like? And, and worshiping, you know, with such intimacy and, and such presence of God, you you do start to have angelic encounters you, because angels love it when we worship, yes. and they come. They love. They they're in this room right now, and um, some of us can't see them. Some of us maybe sense them. Some of us can feel them. I don't know. Diff- different people have different gifts, don't they? Um, but angels have become a bit more of a thing for us. Um, so I'm going to go there, I'm going to take that risk and I'll make myself vulnerable and I, I don't care if you think I'm a bit crazy or a bit cuckoo, but angels are becoming more a part of our life. And actually, if you read the New Testament, they're on every other page. Yeah. You know, they are. Like the book of Acts, you read the book of Acts, I don't think you can turn a page without coming across angels. They're, they're all over the place. You know, they're speaking to Philip to go down to Samaria, they're letting Peter out of prison, they're letting the apostles out of prison another time. Some of us say that actually when Peter does get out of prison and he's knocking on the door of the house where they're all praying, their first assumption is, oh, that must be his angel. It's not, it can't be Peter, he's in prison. It's more likely to be an angel. It's more likely to be an angel than, than Peter. Hello? They, well, I mean, that's not where we're at, is it, quite? Do you know what I mean? That's, it was so common. Angels were so common. And um, and they're becoming a bit more in our, in our lives. We're starting to see them and and, and um, have experiences. So um, we had a, an experience last June where um, I've got ten minutes. Thank you. Ten minutes. This is going to be a short, brief version of it. Um, <laughs> our daughter uh, lost her passport. I won't go into all the details, but we were going on holiday. It was going to be the last family holiday that we had together before she's, she's getting married, as I say, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, she lost her passport, and 
it's like the reality clicks in, you know, she may not be able to come with us. So this didn't come to light until the Tuesday um, before we were going to leave for France on the, on the Saturday, right? So we got like four or five days, not even that, four days or something. And um, so the day before, I had watched a, a video on YouTube which just came up on my, you know, like it does when you open up YouTube, there's all these ones that are like, oh, you'd probably like to watch this because you like watching these guys. <laughs> This one came up, it was called I Want My Knife Back. Who's seen that? Yeah. Anybody seen I Want My Knife Back? Yeah. It's a testimony, Bill Johnson's sharing actually, t- shares four or five testimonies of things that were supernaturally returned. Um, and in this case, the knife story was about a knife that Bobby Connor had lost that had been given to him by Bob Jones, who had died and gone to be with the Lord. And it wasn't an expensive knife, but he was sentimentally attached to it. And he's travelling everywhere all the time, ministering, and he'd lost it. And he's checked into a new hotel and he's pacing around his room and he's just thinking about his knife and he's like, I'm really miffed that I lost this knife. And, and then he just, out of frustration, comes out of his mouth, I want my knife back. And this knife just plops out of the sky, on, out of thin air onto his bed in the hotel room. And um, check it out, I want my knife back. Go and check it out if you think I'm crazy. It's there and there's four or five others like that. Uh, and I'd watched that on the Monday, and then on the Tuesday heard that Lydia had lost her passport. And something went, okay. Like, so we, we do the practical thing. She rang the passport office. They said, well, there's no way we can get a new passport to you by Saturday. No way. It just can't be done. So we're like, okay. So, and we're at the same time turning the house, absolutely turning the house upside down, going in all the office places. I don't know about you, but all our passports are always, always, always in this particular wallet, yeah. in a particular place, always, always, always. But it wasn't there, and we looked in there, I don't know how many times, then you just start looking in, well, maybe here, or maybe there, and some, some places that maybe you'd put it, you know, if you temporarily, bedside cabinet, whatever, you know, but we had, and then we start to turn the house upside down, and looking in the most stupid places, it's definitely not going to be here, but it, but, it, but it isn't where it's supposed to be, so maybe it's going to be here, so you're just looking in weird places. And then anyways, um, this, you know, this, I just knew that I knew that there was a reason why the Holy Spirit took me to that video the previous day. Um, and, and then you have this moment where you go, and, and I think this is possibly a moment we're all in today, actually, where you go, you, you have to make a decision. Do I want it? Do I believe this? Number one, do I believe this stuff? And number two, am I going to go after it? And there is a cost going after it. Okay, Even on a very, very basic level, you can feel like a bit of an idiot. You can feel like a bit of a weirdo going after this stuff. Anyone relate to that? I mean, you cross the line, you go, people are going to think I'm crazy. Like, what are you talking about dropping out of thin air? You know, that's just not, you know, normal, is it? Um, and so I, I felt like I've got, to, I've got to step out. I've got to cross this line. I've got to do this thing. I just, I want this for my family. Not, not just because I want Lydia on holiday with us, which I absolutely do. I didn't want her to miss it. But I want God's stories for my family. I want God to break through in our family life. I, I'm tired of just listening to stories of, people in other countries having these amazing angelic encounters and, you know, God bless Heidi Baker, I absolutely love, you know, what she's doing in Mozambique, but I want to hear. And, and Bill Johnson telling stories from, you know, from Bethel, but I want to hear. And so if, if you want to hear, put your hand up if you want to hear. Come on. So I'm just saying today, right, you have to cross that line. 
you have to cross that cuckoo line or the chicken line, whatever you want to call it. Like where you feel like, oh my word, I'm starting to feel like I'm a bit, I'm a bit like, I'm different. Let's just use that word. I'm a bit different from even from a lot of other Christians, actually. To be, to be you know, just within these four walls, we're not calling this, are we? <laughs> yeah. You're going to feel very different to even quite a lot of Christians that you might know. Who, who just will settle for, oh, well, I'll, you know, instead of praying for healing, they'll, I'm not saying don't go to a doctor, don't heal, I'm not saying, but you know, the things that we all, we just do because that's how we, yeah. you know, we just live. So, but we have to cross that line and we go, okay, I'm, I'm prepared to take a risk, I'm prepared to look a bit of a fool, and I'm going to pray for, for an angel to bring this passport back. I mean, okay, whatever. And so um, we're praying like crazy. And we, we put prayer requests out to everyone in our church and people praying. And then Sarah's putting out the washing in the back garden and she's, she gets this word almost, I think, like maybe Holy Spirit inspired. We need the lost and found angel. Can you send the lost and found angel to bring this passport back? And so anyways, like, as you do, like, it's an everyday prayer, isn't it? Um, and so uh, that on the Wednesday we had this event that I talked about earlier, this worship event called More. Um, where we just worship for two, two and a half hours. We don't have any, any other agenda than worship and bless the heart of God and just press into God's presence to see what he's got for us. But it's all about him. And so my daughter, who is 22, 23, I've lost count already, um, she has this decision to make, really, in that when she gets home from work that night, she's like, do I turn the house upside down again or do I go and worship God? And we didn't we were already gone out by then, we were setting up at the event, and so we didn't know what she was going to do, but she turned up, and she's, she just decided, I, I, I want to worship God, I need to just come down here, wow, I'm so proud, what a proud dad, That's, you don't have no idea what that does for you, um, so she's there, and we're into worship, two or three songs in or whatever, and she's just there with her hands in the air, just worshipping God, and then she sort of opens her eyes for a second, and she sees this guy coming straight towards her very purposefully just walking straight towards her. Um, and he comes up to her and he says, uh, you need to go and look in your bedside drawer. And, and she says, what now? And he says, yeah, go now. And then later on we discovered when she was telling the full story, basically he disappeared. But she got, we have like five minutes, we lived about five minutes from that, from that venue and she drove home shaking like a leaf, kind of, whoa, what's going on? Got home, opened the drawer of her bedside cabinet, and there it was. The passport was there. Now we had been through that cabinet. I've like, been through it three times. You've been through it three times. I've been through once, maybe twice. My son had been through it twice. Lydia had been through it four or five times. Whole family had been through that cabinet because it was kind of like the second obvious place. We had been through that cabinet. It was not there. Hey, and guess what else? She opens the passport, and there was money in there. <laughs> so. Um, Anyways, so I'm just saying. Um, so, uh, and then she came back eventually when she sort of scraped herself off the floor, off the bed, because she'd sent this message to us, hey, 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 and sent this photograph of her holding this passport. And we said, come back down and tell the story. And she's like, I'm, I'm a crying mess. I just can't, you know, I'm just I'm so emotional. Anyway, she finally gets back down there and starts to share the story. And clearly it's an angel. And just in her description, she said, we didn't really have a face. I said, what do you mean he didn't have a face? <laughs> she said, well, I couldn't see his face, but it just seemed normal. 
She said, like when you have a dream and things aren't quite normal, but it just feels like it's just normal. And this this guy comes up and says, you know, go and look in your bedside drawer. Apparently didn't have a face. But um, there you go. Um, that's a little story. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, so conscious of the time now. I don't, I, I, do, do we need to wrap this up? We've got time for one more quick story. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, this was um, probably, I can't remember if it was, it was a few weeks after that. Um, our, as I said, we've, we're now grandparents, and uh, our son and his wife had gone in for their kind of final exam, really, before the baby was due to be born. And uh, we got this anxious text from the hospital uh, saying, please will you pray they've discovered the baby's bridge, which basically means it's up the wrong way, for any of you who are not, not sure, I mean, most of you probably know. It's, the baby's up the wrong way, and, and she'd been examined by four medical professionals, and uh, they'd all agreed, and they've sort of said, look, these are the options, we could manip- physically manipulate it round, which is painful, and it has one or two risks attached to that or we could look at doing a cesarean, or, you know, they started to go into all these things, and they, they said, you know, you go away and have a quick think about that, but we're going to, we'll book you in for a scan upstairs, um, get an ultrasound scan done, blah, 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 so we get this text, and so, Sarah and I were like, we, we both got the text in simultaneously, we're like, we need to pray, so we just got together, started to pray, and we asked the Holy Spirit, how do we, how do we pray, what do we, you know, obviously, you're going to pray, please, can the baby turn around? That's the obvious thing to do. But I felt Holy Spirit said, tell the baby to turn around. Tell it. Tell it. And speak to it. Make a declaration to that baby. Right from this, we were just stood in our bedroom praying. And, um, and I'm thinking, you know, this thing is that, it's that thing again, you know, where you're like, this is not normal. Like, you know, half of your brain's going, but... Like, the baby can't hear me. They're like six, seven, eight miles away. I don't know how far off the hospital from our house. They're miles away anyway. And, and we're, you know, so I'm, we're not in the room. The baby can't hear me. This doesn't make any sense to me, but we're just going to... The other half of your brain's going, Holy Spirit said, tell it to turn around. Jesus, you know, didn't always have to be in the room to heal. Did he, you know, when the centurion's servant needed healing, he's like, you know, I'm not worthy to have you come in my house. Just say the word. Yeah. And so anyway, so we're there, we're praying, we start to declare telling this baby to turn around. And then we get this text through an hour or two later, and, and uh, they're in the, in the ultrasound scan room, and she's got on the bed and they've started scanning. And the nurse, who I'm not sure if she'd read all the notes or what, but she was just scanning, she's going, yeah, everything's fine, baby's doing great, baby's right way up, and da da da. And Charlotte sort of goes, hang on a minute, that's not why we're here, we're here because he's up the wrong way, he's breached, you know. And she goes, no, 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 it's fine, the baby's up the right way. Time, so... I mean, it's just a miracle because um, she didn't feel it. And I don't know if anyone's ever had that experience. It's not comfortable, shall we say. I'm sure having baby turn around, even if he does it on his own accord. But she didn't feel a thing. And so we, then we start quizzing, you know, the a doctor we know. Could they have, maybe four medical professionals, could they have got it wrong? And it's like, no, no, no. no. no it's this basic thing. If you can feel arms and legs in the wrong places, it's not the wrong way. But, you know, your brain's going, oh, there must be an explanation. Well, having prayed and having heard Holy Spirit and having declared and having had an answer to prayer, we're still going, God, there must be some other explanation. <laughs> yeah. I've just been honest with you. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. how we're, that's where we're at in, on this journey. But more and more and more, we're starting to believe, come on, Lord, you can do this stuff. He does, yeah. He's the God of miracles. We were singing yeah. it yeah. earlier on, weren't we? And um, God of miracles, breakthrough, help us to realize we're a supernatural yeah. people.
Um, and we wow. want to live like supernatural people, like the people we really are. So, um, oh man, so many other stories we could share. But I feel like, why don't we just stand together? I feel like I just want to pray for you. Yeah. And um, if you want this, if you want to just just grow in this and just yeah. just catch this, just catch it. Holy Spirit's here right now, just to impart, just to open your eyes, just to just. I just want to invite you just to step into it. You know, you're already in it in a sense that, as I've said already, you are seated with him in heavenly places. He said, right, this is Jesus' words, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers. And uh, he also said another time, I'll tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Now, Jesus always spoke the truth, never once ever lied. But when he says, I tell you the truth, he's really, really emphasising it. I tell you the truth. This is the truth. Anyone. Put your hand up if you're anyone. (laughs) Come on. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. You will do what Jesus did. I just want to declare that. I want to make that declaration over you. You will do what Jesus did. Not because I'm telling you, but because Jesus said so. Because he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. How many people believe that the Son wants to bring glory to the Father? Come on. The Son wants to bring glory to the Father. He said, he'll do anything you ask in my name so that the Son will bring glory to the Father. So I just want to invite you to step into it right now. Step into it right now. Holy Spirit, come and give, distribute the gift of faith, gifts of faith this morning, but not just supernatural faith for those supernatural moments, but actually uh, an enduring faith that stirs our hearts every day to just keep pursuing you, just to keep pursuing what you've got for us, to keep stepping over that chicken line. So I don't care, I'm, I'm prepared to be a fool for Christ, I'm prepared to put my neck on the block, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use. I'm prepared to go after this thing. Because I want to see the kingdom come on earth as in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no demonic oppression in heaven. There's no financial lack in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no marital breakdown in heaven. There's no, you know, all this stuff. So he wants that on earth as in heaven. So I want to invite you right now, just step in in your heart say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want this. I want to go after this for your glory. This is for your glory. This is for your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. So that the Son may glorify the Father. That Jesus' name might be famous for who he really is. And who he really is. That we want to represent Jesus in our generation, in this town. We want to represent Jesus well. We want people to look at us and go, that's what Jesus is like. Well, I want to know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, Father, I just ask you right now, just seal this in our hearts. Hear our heart cry. Hear our heart's decision. Hear our hear our heart say, "Yes, Lord, we want this. We want to walk in these things. We are tired of of powerless Christianity. We want to be those who can heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, bring the kingdom, demonstrate your love. It's all about love. It's all about love." 
It's not about power demonstration. It's about love. Because he's, he's a good, good father. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, he's a good, good father. Yeah. And he loves not just us, his children, but he loves those around us. Yeah. And he hates sickness. Yeah. He hates sickness. And he hates demonic oppression. And he hates poverty. Yeah. He hates it. Yeah. And so he wants to move through us Amen. beyond our means, beyond our natural means to give a bit of money here and a bit of money there and give someone some, some second-hand clothes and all that stuff. Beyond that, he wants to reach through us to touch those who need a touch from heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.